0: Well, I want to do it a little different this morning. I don't want you to stand. My coach said, if you're going to preach, don't have a stand. So, I don't want you to stand this morning, but I do want you to look to the first chapter of the book of Revelation. I've got to make some comments as we go through it. I'm going to be preaching out of verse 9 and 10. But I want to just kind of get a look at the book of Revelation a minute with you. Verse 9 says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. So John is, is in a situation and we'll talk about him in just a minute. When you turn to this book... I don't know what you see at the top of the book, but these titles are not inspired. The titles of the book are not inspired. The book is inspired. The titles were not put there till something like 1100 uh, A.D. My Bible says, it, for a title, it says, The Revelation, of St. John the Divine. There's not but two things wrong with that statement. It is not the revelation of St. John, and he was not divine. So I want to kind of just survey and get a little picture of Revelation before I go to my text. If you look at the first words of Revelation, he gives you the title of the book. The Revelation of Jesus Christ. That word Revelation there, that capitalized word Revelation of Jesus Christ. See, it's not the Revelation of John, but it's the Revelation of Christ. And, you know, some people... Uh, struggle with this book of Revelation, one of the ways to simplify your approach to the book of Revelation is look for Jesus on every page of it. It's it's the revelation. That word revelation, we get our word apocalypse. It comes off of that Latin word apocalypsis. But what it means is to draw back the curtain and reveal uh, to the beholders a fresh knowledge of this of what you're looking at. That's simply what it means. So we've had the the whole Bible, Jesus said in John 5 39, search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. So everything in the Bible is is to the end that we might know about Christ. And now in the last book of the Bible he's going to give us a fresh look at Christ like nothing that you've seen in the scriptures before. He's going to refresh your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in this book verse number verse number 2 gives you the truth of this book and what a, what a truth it is he said that he bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw that the truth of this, this book. The thrill of the book is in verse number 3. You ought to get a hold of this. Somebody is saying, well, I, y'all talk about it, but I don't, I don't understand it. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. You think God would give you something that you cannot understand and then tell you that you could be blessed by reading it and, and hearing it? I ought to throw that in and keeping the, those things which are written there in for the time is at hand. Every piece of Scripture if there's no application, I mean, you can hear it, you may even memorize it, you may read it, but until you apply it, it has no value to you. But he says there's a blessing for, for reading and hearing and then obeying. Verse number 4 gives you the thrust of this book. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia. Seven literal churches in mid-Asia. Grace be unto you and peace from him which which was, which is to come. And from the seven spirits, that is the total of the Holy Spirit, which is before his throne... The thrust is this, it's written to the church, seven local churches, it's still written to the church. There's a lot of discrepancies of how we handle those churches. Someone says they just represent the church age, the different parts of the church age. i kind of discount that because I, I don't like the uh, source of, of their divisions. Here's what I really believe. They were seven literal churches. You can believe that. In chapter 2 and chapter 3 of Revelation. And in the, you know, if we talk about Ephesus, we're going to talk about a church that left our first, first love. If you talk about the church of Philadelphia, you're going to talk about the church of the open door with a hunger for souls. Reaching lost souls. Preaching the gospel. So, each one of those churches does represent a a part of the local church. But every local church from Jesus' day to now contains somebody that has left their first love. And it contains somebody that is interested in winning lost souls. And it contains somebody that is built in pride. And, uh, and you can go down through the churches and see the, the representatives in every local church that's ever been. So, so the, the letter is to the churches. Huh? What we're going to do this morning is understand something out of the Bible that God has given this local church. Understand it. I, I need to say this again. Our missionary back there said he was looking for material in Brazil to build a church. He's not looking for lumber and bricks and stones, but he's looking for people to build a church. And these stained glass windows and the vaulted ceiling and, and uh, all this stuff that we call Metropolitan Baptist church is not the church. But you make up the church. And I make up the church. So it's written to the church. Verse 18. I love this verse. It's it's one of the most exciting verses in the Bible to me. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. Get it. Amen. And can you see it? About the time he's coming off out of that tomb. And he's shaking the keys. And he said, look, devil. I've got the keys of hell and death. The devil is not in charge of hell. God's in charge of hell. The the devil has no authority of death. He can he, he cannot. That devil can't cause you to die. My times are in his hands. That's what the Bible says. And every breath I breathe was preordained of God before I ever got here. And and no matter what the devil does, I'm going to get every breath that he promised me. So so there's the triumph of the book of Revelation. No, there's never been one man on this earth that could say, I am he that is alive and was dead. And now I'm alive forevermore. Nobody can say that except the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. No one else. Verse nineteen. Th- Wiersbe says this is the only Bible. This is the only book in the Bible that gives you the outline for the book. In a verse, verse nineteen is the outline of this book. He says, "Write the things that thou hast seen." That's chapter one, and we'll be. I'm going to try to. Introduce a little bit this morning and then do a little bit more tonight. We won't near cover it, I understand that, but we'll survey chapter 1 today. That's the things that John had seen. And then he says, and the things which are. Chapter 2 and 3 are the things that are. That's the church. The church age is still rolling on. Somebody said the church is sick. Somebody else said the church is dead. Old SM Lockridge said, that great black preacher, he said, if, if, uh, if, the, if God is dead, if any part of God is dead, why wasn't I notified seeing I'm the next to kin? Huh? The church is not dead. It's not even sick. The church is alive and well. And then he says, "So, chapter one is the things he's seen. Chapter two and three, the things that are, and then chapter four through twenty-two, the things which shall be." There's the there's the outline, the thoughts of it. Then there, look back to verse two. Here's he said he bear rec- who bear record the, his servant he Look at verse 1 with me. I want to read a phrase there. He said, he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Can you get this? You, should, you guys reading your Bible, if you are reading your Bible, look at it. Look at that word signified. Can you put this there? sent and signified by his angel unto his servant John. This is a book of signs that God has given us of what's coming. And it's written in verse number 20 says, the mystery of the seven churches that you saw was, my was the seven golden candlesticks, and the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches uh, uh, and the uh, and so on so what he's doing is giving you these uh, symbols or signs are uh, the uh, of of what he is saying, somebody said, "Why did he do that?" He wrote this under Roman Domitian was the the Roman Caesar when John was on Patmos. Domitian hated Christians and crucified Christians in in Jerusalem until or in in uh, Judea until there was no more wood to make crosses out of. Can you get that? So they spoke in signs. When he talks about a lion or a lamb, we know who he's talking about, don't we? But he put it in a language that those... And so it's, a, uh, it's written in signs... And with with uh, figures of speech, verse two, he said he gave it. Verse one says he gave it to his servant John, who by record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. So you come down to verse number nine and now I'm through with that. We've surveyed the chapter and there's so much in this chapter, that's about all we'll ever get done is survey it. But uh, he's he's gonna give to John a word that no man has ever heard or seen. Look at verse 9. I John. Who am al- who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. See We'll have to go over to the Gospel of John to see it, but I'd like for you to see it. John has come to a place of desolation, a place of danger. Patmos, Patmos is a military-run prison complex. tradition says john was the pastor of ephesus if you look at the past if you look at patmos in the back of your bible you got one of them little maps if you look at that map and look at patmos and its relationship to ephesus you'll notice it's very close john had taken mary went to ephesus he was now the the Pat- i got I got this this week. Ephesus is the church that said, Jesus said, you have left your first love can you, Can you get a hold of this? That church was started by the great apostle Paul, the greatest church planner, the greatest missionary, the greatest bible writer, the greatest witness for Jesus Christ that the world has ever seen. He started the church. When he left, he brought Timothy over to take the church. I mean, this is Paul's dearly beloved son, Timothy. Think about the heritage of being in the church where Paul started it and Timothy came to enforce it and take it further. And then somehow or another, an old man named John comes in. I'm relating to John. John, by the time he wrote Revelation, he's a, they say he's 90 to 92, somewhere in there, years old. He's the pastor over. Look, look at the preachers they've had in that church. How, would you, how could you lose your first love if you've been preached to by Paul and preached to by Timothy and preached to by John? How does that happen? Well, some of us lose our first love sitting under some great preachers, don't we? I mean, they were not all the great preachers. There's still a few around. So So he's at Ephesus. Verse 9 said, he said, "I'm your brother and companion in tribulation and the kingdom of patience of Jesus Christ and was in the isle of Patmos for two reasons." Why were you sent there, Paul? Why were you sent there, uh, John? Why are you in prison in that prison colony out there on that rock called Patmos? That place where only the wickedest, most evil men in the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire is plenty wicked. But the wickedest, the hardest, the coldest, the toughest, they're out there in that mine on Patmos. And here's a 90-year-old preacher. And he's the... He is the... Now let's go to John. I'll get back to where we're at here in a minute. I got more to say than I can say anyway, as usual. In chapter 13, starts of John, verse 23 now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. I got two or three verses to go to. Let's look, look a little further. In verse 19, in chapter 19, Jesus is now uh, in the middle of, the, of it all. Verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister Mary and the wife of uh, the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother, over to over to uh, chapter number 20 I believe it is 20 verse just turn the page 20 verse 25 no not 20 20 well let me just skip Let's go down to 21. Uh, I, I lost my verse in 20. But in 21, verse number 20. Now Jesus is rebuking Peter. Remember, Peter has denied him. Peter has said, I go fishing seven seven disciples with him. And... And now Jesus is teaching Peter, and Peter's had all he can stand. He's three times he said, "I love you," and uh, and Jesus has turned now and said, "Follow me." Then Peter, turning about, verse twenty, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved, following which. Also leaned on his breast at supper and said, "Lord, which is he that betray?" And said, "Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee?" Peter, that was in the at the over in chapter thirteen. Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, "Lord, what will this man do?" And Jesus said. If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee follow thou me? What what I do with him is not your business, Peter. What I, what I do with you is what's your business. We ought to all get that. Church, we can handle a little of that. If, if I can take care of Wayne Hudson, I'll be doing pretty good, right? Verse 24. This is the disciple which testifies these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. Now what John has said in a roundabout way, he never did say, I wrote the book, but he kept saying the the disciple that Jesus loved wrote the book. The disciple that Jesus loved, the disciple that Jesus loved took his mother. The disciple that Jesus loved rebuked Peter, and or was there when Peter was rebuked. And then he finally said, and he wrote this book. Can you picture, somebody said that John was the youngest of the disciples, maybe 17 or so years old when Jesus said, leave your nets and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And John followed Jesus and loved Jesus and was, John was loved. Would you say that? Of all the 12 disciples, I mean, Peter's a loud mouth and blustery and bold. And Thomas is hesitant and thoughtful. And Philip is a, he puts his foot in his mouth once in a while, but Philip, Philip is a guy who's sold out, but of all of them, at the supper, he's leaning on the bosom of Jesus. He's the closest. Peter said, "Ask him who, ask him who's going to dinner." You understand? He had an inside track of love with Jesus. He, they thought. I believe Jesus loved every one of them Jesus loved Judas and he loved us he loves us when we fail him and when we curse him and when we deny him he still loves us by the way he says to every one of us I'm preaching this to myself that we're not it's nothing to love your friends it's nothing he said, "The world does that. The whole world does that. But if you can love your enemy when he does not love you back, that's the love of Christ." Take it. Take a, that's probably the biggest battle you're going to fight in this life. So G, John was loved, but look at him. John is, John is 90 years old. <clears throat> it's been 60 years since the resurrection. Look over here 1 Corinthians. No, let's see, not Corinthians. Over to Mark chapter 10 with me. In Mark chapter 10, verse 35, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came unto him, saying, Master, uh, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, What would ye that I would do for you? And they said, Grant to us that we may sit one on thy right hand, one on the other left hand, in thy glory. We know you're going to be glorified. We know you got a kingdom coming, and we want to be on one side and the other side. He asked them, Can you drink my cup? And they said, "We can." And he said, "You will drink my cup." And in Acts chapter 12 verse number two says, verse one says that now th- about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And the first martyr, Stephen has been stoned by the Jews, but the first martyr in the church now, and he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. The first disciple to be martyred is James. He said, can you drink my cup? Remember? And he said, you will drink my cup. And the first martyr is the man's want to be sitting on the right hand. Now it's it's 60-something years, and every one of those disciples have been done away with. Those apostles, those 12 apostles. John's not just loved. John is lonesome. I mean he doesn't live in Judea anymore. He doesn't live at Jerusalem anymore. He's over in Mid-Asia. Over at Ephesus. And he can't even be a part of the church at Ephesus now. He's look at look at it. He said, I'm on, I'm on a rock. In the Isle that's called Patmos. Matthew Henry says it's a it's a place of wild animals and wicked men. Here hey, look at it. Look at it. uh stand up, C.R. Look at this old man over here. Do you think he can handle a salt mine in Patmos? Do you think he can take a battle with one of those wicked men? Huh? He's not as old as John was. He's old as the hills, but he's not as (laughs) old as John was. Thank you. You can sit down and see. I just picked out the oldest guy I could see. He's a good picture of John. How much abuse do you think he could handle? Some of you young guys. Some of you Heroes, y'all are the y'all are rocks. You get out in this heat and do it. I, how much that heat you stand, brother? Not much, right? I can't either. That's John. Uh, he's a weak old man. You know what old men say. Well, I just don't know why. You ever hear somebody say this? I just don't know why God leaves me here. I'm not good for nothing. You know what God said? Shut up, John. I've got a job for you to do that no one else could do. I've got a job for you to do that nobody understands except you. I'm going to give you a revelation no man's ever had before. I'm going to allow you to write the book that this whole world will marvel at. 20 centuries from now. Yeah. Why'd you do that, God? Because jo- cause John is not only some, not only was he loved. But read verse 9. John is loyal. Here's a 92-year-old apostle that's still preaching. Look at him. I was on the Isle of Patmos for the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Hey, preacher, get off your soapbox. Get off your empire building. You, uh, it, it's not enough to have a great knowledge of the Bible. It's not enough to be able to translate languages. It's not enough to be able to just uh, uh, write books. It's, what you better get a hold of is the Word of God. This Word... This inspired word of God, get a hold of, get it down. This is the most important thing you'll ever pick up. This is the most important thing you'll ever read. This is the most important thing you can ever memorize. It's the most important piece of your life. What you do with the word of God. He said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. The psalmist said, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. When we get to heaven, we'll still be under the word of God. You got it? Isaiah said, the the flower fades, the grass withers, the flower fades, but this word of God will abide forever, forever forever. Most important thing you'll do today is what you find off the page of the book, and that's every day, every day, every day. I I beg you, start your day with the Word of God. Get something from the Word of You don't have to be a You don't have to be an atomic scientist to understand this book. Just open your heart to God and let Him give you something to take through the day with you as you go through the day, John was loyal to the Word of God and the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder how many in our church could say that. I've been loyal. Well, old sister so-and-so didn't even say, say hello to me this morning. You know, they didn't even notice my tie. Nobody said anything about my hairdo. Uh, Somebody didn't shake my hand. Hey, that is nothing. Here's what counts. What I've done with the Word of God and the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's eternally important that you get a hold of it. That's where we have to have some loyalty. That's the loyalty that he... John was... Yeah, he was long... I am he's wondering... Wonder how old Peter's doing by now. Wonder where he met his end at. John had already been, tradition said that John was boiled in oil and survived it. Now he's, can you imagine what he looked like? Now he's on the Isle of Patmos, an old 90 something year old. Been 60 years since he heard Jesus say, Son, there's your mama. You go take care of her. Out there in that boat, John 21, out there in that boat, they looked out over that mist and there was that fellow at the campfire. Children, do you have any meat? And John turned to Peter and said, I'd know that voice anywhere. I've heard his heartbeat. I recognize him anywhere. I'll never forget his voice. If you ever hear his voice one time, you'll never forget his voice. If you ever get a blow of that voice come by your heart, you'll always long for another touch from heaven, another voice from God, another... Just speak to me one more time, Jesus. Peter bailed off the boat and swam to shore because The voice was Jesus' voice. John was loyal. He knew something about the love of Jesus. He was on the Isle of Patmos for two reasons. The Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Could I say to you, us modern day techies, When you get out of your video game, when you get saved, you ought to understand this. There's two reasons that the world will deny you and laugh at you and disregard you. The Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. They'll always come against Hey, we're not the home team anymore. (laughs) John was loved and John was lonely but now John's all alone he discouraged Peter says in in 2 Peter chapter, chapter 1, verse 16, Peter says this. I believe he speaks for every writer of the New Testament. He said, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. See the record. That New Testament record is the record of the eyewitnesses of His Majesty. We got eyewitness account. It's not hearsay. Now, Luke, Luke, Luke didn't was not an eyewitness, but he was an eyewitness of the eyewitnesses. And Luke had the ability to be a stenographer for Paul and. And uh, Peter and some of those guys who were eyewitnesses, I read. I read one time of Charles Spurgeon. You know Charles Spurgeon's called the Prince of Preachers, and, and uh, uh, we we read all his books. And he has a morning and evening devotional for you. You can. But the reason Charles Spurgeon is known at all is he had a stenographer for the London paper who was a member of his church. There was no recording machines and no videos in those days, but that stenographer wrote down every word he said. And the books are filled with the words of that stenographer. Nobody knows his name, but he lifted up. See, we got the stenographers who gave us eyewitness accounts. Luke said, I I don't have time to go to Luke. We'll go back to Luke some other time. Ninety years. All of them are dead. But he walked with Jesus. When you walk with Jesus, look look at 1 John, just a minute. 1 John, first three verses. I call this the Christ in reality. This is John writing. John wrote five books. He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote these letters of John, the One-Eyed John, Two-Eyed John, Three-Eyed John, and then he wrote Revelation. He wrote five books of the New Testament. Here's what he said, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which our eyes have looked upon, our hands have handled, of the capital W, Word of Life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Eyewitnesses. He, 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 He said, I walked with him. He said five different books I write about him. I love to tell you about him. But I'm in an impossible situation. I'm on a rock. I'm all alone. That's a that's a sad sight, isn't it? But I just wanted to notice, we. This is my message, and I don't know where I'm at on time. I'm quitting here in just a second. I, I would like to have a clock up here somewhere. Uh, verse nine. Look at the. Look, 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 look at verse 10, verse nine. The latter part. John had some things that would keep him in a dark day. He says I had the word of God I've got a testimony on tape somewhere in my pile of tapes Colonel Ronnie Reisner anybody ever hear of him Ronnie Reisner was an air uh, airplane pilot in Vietnam he, he was shot down and he spent seven years in the bamboo prison Any of y'all alive in 1976? Do you remember the pictures when Richard Nixon flew flew them out of Vietnam and they were coming into Hawaii? Those walking skeletons. Some of them had put on uniforms. They had to wrap them around them twice. They were just death warmed over coming out of that bamboo prison. Ronnie Reisner said, seven years, he said soon some of the prisoners turncoated because of the abuse and the brainwashing of the Viet Cong. They turncoated and tried to give become an aid to the enemy. Others wouldn't do that. Some of them lost their minds and lost their life. Because they would rebel. He said somewhere along the way somebody came up with an idea. And, and he began to quote every scripture he could remember. And he said, somebody across the way said, hey, that's a good idea. He said, every one of us knows some scriptures. Y'all know a scripture. Y'all have learned some scriptures right here in this church, right? You could say a you could say a John 316 or a or some other how about Romans 5.8? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What can you say, Josh? Give me one verse. Any verse. It doesn't matter. Romans six twenty-three for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the life, Jesus Christ the Lord. Just a minute. Stand up. Say that again. Romans six twenty-three,
1: for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God
0: is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Every one of you guys could say a verse or two, right? You've learned some verses. You know some verses. That verse right there is enough to get everybody saved in this house. You don't have to know all well the Bible to be saved. You just have to claim what you do know. He said, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Right. Hallelujah. That will get you saved. If you just believe that and hang on it, you can be saved forever. So R- Ronnie Reisner said we we made a, uh, made up a pact in, among the prisoners. We'd all get pieces of paper and write down every verse we could think of. He knew one, I know one, you know one, you know one. And we'd all write them down and then he said then we'll pass them around from... They had a little string. They ran between the bars of the, of the prison. And they'd, go, they'd pass that note over there and then over there and over there. Pretty soon you had the notes from everybody in the prison. And you knew more verses than, than I mean, you had verses to call on that you'd never had before. You got a hold of the Word of God. And he said the Viet Cong found out we was doing something. They didn't understand what we was doing, but to come in there and get it up all of our little old notes and and everything and throwed them away. But I wrote down my verses again and he wrote down his verses again he wrote down his verses again and we began to pass them around again. And for seven years, he said, the Word of God kept me whole. For seven years, they could not... Dottie Rambo wrote that song said lock me up in prison throw away the key bind me by my hands and feet give me nothing good to eat but as long as I have Jesus I'll still go free. He said we went free with the word of God. The word of God he had the word of God. John had the word of God on Patmos. He could he, hey, someday when you feel down and out, what you ought to do is just open up your book or open up your heart and quote a verse to yourself. I can't tell you how many times some of those Roman verses, some of those John verses, have. Been, one of the great verses that I've hung on to for years. He says, oh, I think it's in John 14, he said, if, if you love me, Like I love my father. My father's going to, I've got a wrote on the side, in my my, uh, margin of my Bible. I got Wayne written right here. Wayne, my father's going to live in you, and I'm going to live in you, and you can have peace. I'll give you my peace. I can't tell you how much that helped me. There's some verses that'll give you some strength in the dark days when you don't know where strength is. I remember going through a deal and I hung on to, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And I quoted it all day and all night and all day and all night. About the end of the second day my wife came My kids came. I got to see them again. I got to hug them and love them again. And I could say His grace is sufficient for me. He had the Word of God. You ought to get a hold of the Word of God. It'll do something for your heart. Get a verse. Get a truth out of the Word of God and hang on it. Jesus promised it for you. Susie had a little thing she was putting in her Bible the other day or some note. She found the note that she had written to herself to put it in her Bible. Said every promise in the book is mine. Think about that. Every promise in the book. Colonel Ronnie Reisner stood in his full dress uniform. He came home whole. He came home with pride he came home in honor. he came home with Jesus because he had the word of God. He had the testimony of Jesus testimony of Jesus Christ see he said this, so here's the key verse of of The Gospel of John. John chapter 20. You know it. I've already showed you how to. He said in verse 30, Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But get this. But these are written. That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. That's absolutely all you need to know to go to God's heaven. Just believe the book and trust Jesus. You'll be safe forever. He had the he had the word of God. He had the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said John 10:10 10, 10, the thief has come but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He's still got the same agenda he's always had. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You want to know the joy of living? Get a hold of Jesus. Turn yourself over to him. Let him be in you and through you. And in all you do, let him take the preeminence. He said it'll be life more abundantly. 1427 He said, My peace I live on with you. Not as the world giveth, give I you. But, but, but that peace that passes, all understanding, that peace of God, that peace that only that peace that can settle you in the darkest, most troubling, heartache you'll ever feel. Verse 10 says, I don't have time to even go here, but John 5.18 says, Be not drunk with wine, which is excess. I imagine there's some folks in this congregation right here, you know exactly what he's talking about. He's saying, don't come under the control of the alcohol. Don't come under control of the drugs. If you want to know real joy, you move over here. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Let that Holy Spirit fill you. Let What He's saying is, let Him take control. It's a continuous action verb. Be being filled. Be being filled. You'll never be Hey, if it runs over, somebody else will get the blessing off of it. But you'll still need a filling again tomorrow. Be being filled. Come under the control. John was, he said, I was in the Spirit. The old-timers used to say, we was in the Holy Ghost. He was He was under the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at it. John had the Word of God, the testimony of Christ, the person of Jesus living in Him through the Holy Spirit. And, I just added this one the other day. He had a Sunday. He had a Lord's Day. He was in the darkest hole they could put him in in the Roman Empire. He was in the most lonesome spot they could find a place. They thought they had him captivated. But it was the Lord's day. I see these guys mowing their lawns. I live over there by the lake. Sunday is a nightmare. I was looking this morning as we came around by QT and Azle. There's two big boats. I mean, nobody can afford gasoline, right? two big old pontoon boats out there filling up with gas this morning to go out there and blow it on the lake on the Lord's Day. By the end of the day they'll be frustrated, there'll be arguments, there'll be fusses and and all that pleasure they're seeking wasn't so pleasurable. By the end of this day as we worship the Lord God fills our soul, runs us over a little bit, we get a little oh uh, br Lakin used to say knocked over a honey bucket in my soul said it's been oozing out ever since said don't get too close you'll will get some on you that's we go if we if we have yielded ourselves to him on the lord's day if we've come under the spirit's control on the lord's day I'm going to get to this and after a while. He said, I heard a voice. I heard from heaven on the Lord's day. God gave me a fresh breath on the Lord's day. God revived my soul on the Lord's day. God put me back in the harness on the Lord's day. God did it. I couldn't do it. I was in Patmos. I was in a hole. I was all alone. I was defeated and discouraged. But God showed up on the Lord's day. Well, we'll talk about that after a while. Let's stand. I want to ask you this question. Are you lonesome? Are you defeated? Are you discouraged? Is your life a mess? Are you all alone in your life? Why don't you you listen to the voice of God on the Lord's day right now. Let Him speak to your heart. He'll do something you, you can't believe. He'll turn you upside down and backwards and forwards and make a new person out of you and you'll be victorious in Him if you'll let him be. While they're coming and getting ready, while John's getting his song ready, I want to pray with you. Would you bow with me? Father, I ask you to have your way here today. Oh Lord, we need a touch from heaven. We need what only you can do. Not what we can do, but what you can do. Lord, I ask you to take charge of us. Direct every part of everything that goes on here this morning. Please take charge of every heart. Help us to be respondent to whatever the Holy Spirit tells us. Lord, if somebody needs to be saved, I ask you to just help them to have, have the grace to step out. I pray about that one that's out of service discouraged and defeated, I pray you'd work in their hearts right now. Lord, I pray you'd help us as a church, as individuals in this church, to just get reunited with Jesus. To come into his will in a fresh new way. And allow him to do in us what he'd like to do. Please take charge. Lord, please take charge. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Page
1: 215.
0: 215, while we're singing, these altars are open. The invitation is yours. Don't walk out on him. Let him have his way with you. Right now.
1: My Jesus, I love Amen. Thee. I know that mine for Thee Amen. all God.
0: coming and sing your chorus
1: our chorus is blessed assurance this is my story